0: this is Lexi Nieto, voice of Tomo Aizawa from Tomo-chan is a girl, and you're listening to Podcast Across Worlds, Hawaii's number one anime podcast. the Belmont clan and I kill vampires who's fucking next
1: welcome to podcasts across worlds where we like to read a lot of manga watch a lot of anime and talk about for hours I'm your host Lahila Superfina
2: and I'm your co-host Mikhail Casanova
1: And today we are going to talk about Castlevania Nocturne that was aired on Netflix and we just binge watched it, like literally. Mikael over here was like, you want to watch another episode? I'm like, sure. And next thing we know, we were like at the last two episodes and I was like, let's just watch it.
2: (laughs) Well, not, not only that, but it's also a situation of like, we haven't had Netflix for so long. Like, literally, it's been over a year mm-hmm. since we had a Netflix subscription. Mm-hmm. And literally, I was like, I'm going to get, because I wanted to see the Castlevania Nocturne. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the rates. I was like, damn, Netflix got expensive. <laughs> yeah. It used to be $8, it's, it's $20 now. I was like, damn. All right, mm-hmm. cool. But, um, I, I wanted it to, to to watch Netflix, uh Castlevania Nocturne. I want to go back and rewatch the original Cast uh, Castlevania Netflix. And I feel like and, and this is it's on topic but off topic at the same time. I really feel like Netflix has gotten to a point now where it's worth having again. Because there was a point where it's like we weren't watching Netflix. There was no point in watching anything on Netflix. And now it's like you got the Castlevania show. You got um well uh, whatchamacallit we the One Piece live action, which is really good. You got what you the Black Clover movie. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive. Like there's like Netflix is back with a vengeance. And I'm like, okay, let me get my credit card. Let's go back. We I got you. And then I looked at the uh, I was looking at the, the bank statement and I was like, damn, we paying 50 bucks a month. Well 55 a month for all the streaming platforms we got.
1: So, does, if anyone knows any um, discounts or ways to kind of package them to make it a little bit more affordable, let us know. Yeah, if y'all
2: got a Groupon, definitely let us know. But I will say this: I will definitely say this. Um, it's still cheaper than cable. True. Because we we got Hulu, Disney Plus, Netflix. Are we been watching Disney Plus? still the Ash- Ahsoka? Ah- 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 Mm-hmm. Hey, Shoka, That's really good. Like there's just so much that like going to cable TV to me is just kind of pointless at this point.
1: Yeah. And I think it's the part where it's like you can see it on demand and watch it when you want to watch it. Yeah. at any time. Yes. Cuz you remember, okay, this is also off topic with cable. <laughs> they do have on demand, but you have to kind of like search for it. You got to search for the network, search for the name and make sure you find it. And then sometimes they're limited of episodes and then they say, "Oh, but if you upgrade to this uh deal, this package, whatever's, then you can watch these other episodes." And it's like, "Meh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't have any problems with that with these streaming platforms,
2: <laughs> and and it's, it's it's really a sign of the times of where we're at now, where it's like it's having to sit around and wait for something to come on cable is unappealing. Like I want to just if I want to watch something, I just want to watch it when I want to watch it because we don't know what our schedule is going to be like day to day. It's like if I want to, I just want to get in and start watching a show, and so it's really amazing like i i really feel like and again we're going off topic but we're gonna
0: we're, off topic.
2: we're gonna get look that's <laughs> that's the nature of organic conversations right so but we're you know I, I was really thinking about it recently i was like man i remember when netflix first came out
0: uh-huh. back
2: in honestly i remember when they came out in 98 that's how old netflix is Wow.
1: Yeah, I remember. I the, feel like I only heard about it in
2: the like, mid to late 2000s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. back then, it was you could get like the DVDs and the VHSs. Yeah. I was still going to, to
1: the rental stores.
2: Right. I, I remember going to the library. Like, you remember going to the library and getting movies for
1: <laughs> Blockbuster. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like.
1: Oh, dang. you know
2: like going to blockbuster hollywood video all that stuff like
1: and was that Redbox? And then red, red
2: box. box man it's crazy red box is still around but it's i remember like in the 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 late 20 uh, 2000s and like the 2010s going to red box to get the newest movies on dvd or blu-ray and like now it's like you see them in stores like we go to, like, longs and we go to, or longs for us to CVS for you guys, or you go to like Safeway or that's Generati's for those of y'all in the mainland. Um, and you'll see a red box and like nobody goes up to it because everything is on streaming. So it's crazy how, like, a decade ago you go and get a DVD or Blu ray, now it's like if it's on uh Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, which Amazon Prime has been getting a lot better
0: on mm-hmm.
2: yeah. um uh peacock peacock is really good yeah Max is really good there's so much stuff and I'm telling you now go if if you got time you got Max go watch um Batman yeah Batman you know the Batman's good but also go watch uh Awkward Teen hunger Force especially <laughs> if you're, if you're high like yo know, take an edible I take an edible take an edible is so it's the Funniest thing ever.
1: And right. I don't even like Hunger Team Force. And I thought it was funny when Still I when right. I had the edit. Right.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's another one. Uh, my tiny senpai is hilarious. <laughs> It's so if you crazy.
1: Want to kill your soul? Watch my tiny senpai. It's
2: so funny. Uh, yeah, I know. I really got off topic. Yeah, but...
1: super off topic. Can we go back to Castlevania? Okay,
2: back <laughs> back to Castlevania. So y'all know the original Castlevania Netflix show came out in 2017, which is crazy to think it's been that long. Ooh. But it came out in 2017. Had four episodes. It felt like it was a pilot. Like they didn't think it would do well. Yeah. Because it's yeah. one of the first video game adaptations that went to a mainstream um, a provider. And so yeah. the four episodes were so good. Critically acclaimed. Season two came out, I think a year and a half later. Critically acclaimed, acclaimed and then season three, yeah, season four. Banger. Banger. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shane said, banger after banger after, after
1: banger,
2: banger after, after banger. banger. So it's like... <laughs> You know, it was really good. And then we got um the teaser. I want to say in twenty twenty one, or either la- no, or last year, I think last year. We, we got a teaser teasing. for Castlevania Nocturne, and then I saw Richter, I was like, What? They're adapting Rondo of Blood? Which for, okay. Here's something I actually found, and I'm getting mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on topic. Mm-hmm. We're getting, we're segueing on, you know, we're taking the scene crowd. One thing I found is there's two types of Castlevania fans. There's those of us like me, who've been with the series since it started, and there's others who started with the show. And all they know is the show. And it's kinda interesting there's like a disconnect between the two fandoms. Because people who watch the show have no interest in the games. What? Whatsoever. If you go on the Reddit threads, they're constantly they are the ones who are the most active in the Castlevania Reddit is people who watch Netflix Vania.
1: Netflix-nifania? That's,
2: that's, that's, that's what the, the <laughs> fandom calls it. But they have no interest in actually playing the games. And, or they don't even know that it's based on a game series, which is so ridiculous because it says it in the opening cre-
1: Like... Shut the front door.
2: Yeah. No. They they don't know. It's based on a TV show. And I'm like, uh, a video game. Video game. Video game series. (laughs) And I'm like, it says it right there. And then you got the folks, a lot of us, who like the game or love the game series. And we're not happy. Well, not me, but, you know, other folks are not happy with, like, it taking liberties and doing a different story. I don't mind it, personally, Hmm. because... You look at a lot of video games again. I'm detouring, but you look at a lot of video games back in the day, Castlevania, um Street Fighter, Mega Man, a lot of the games that started on the NES and such mm-hmm. or in the arcades. The final bad guy was always the same one. I mean, what's what's the <laughs> what's the main bad guy in the Zelda game? Predominantly Ganon. I mm-hmm. mean, occasionally for was it uh uh Minish Cap, you got uh Vati and
1: yeah, you have, like, witches or people affiliated with Ganon, but, it's, yeah.
2: It's typically Ganon. Mega Man is typically Dr. Wily. Mega Man X is typically uh, Sigma. You know, Street Fighter is typically uh, M. Bison. So, and, But that was because the games were, they're built around hardware that had very limited architecture. So there's only so much they could do within, like, the limitations of what they were making. So, mm mm-hmm. yeah. So they couldn't tell these elaborate stories. And then you look at Castlevania, typically Dracula is the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. And the original plot is every hundred years, Dracula arises, which, okay, it's not every hundred years. (laughs) uh, Because Koji uh, Igarashi, or or Iga, he basically kind of foobarred that whole timeline. So it's not, (laughs) it's like, oh, yo, it's been 12 years. All right, I'm getting up.
1: Let so me... Dracula is so powerful that even though he's defeated, somehow he gets brought back. <laughs>
2: yeah, and uh, and if you've if you've played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and you see the opening between Richter and uh, Dracula, you know Richter says, "Die monster, you don't belong in this world," and Dracula says, "It's not by my hands. I'm once again given flesh, That's and pretty... it's because humans, uh, basically, they resurrect him." But there's so many plot holes in the Castlevania timeline, so many retcons and such that even us purists who love the OG, like I'm more of a Lords of Shadow because I think that's like a phenomenal, I think that reboot series is better from a narrative standpoint. I know, put your pitchforks down. Look, I said what I said. I ain't taking it back. Put put, it putting that. I think Lords of Shadow is a better narrative. But the original one... It's so many contradictions because if you play and beat Symphony of the Night, which you have,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: see the reconciliation between Dracula and Alucard, yes. right? Which they also did in Netflix Mania, the 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 first. Year. Yes. Yeah. They yes. there was that. So there's a contradiction when Dracula is resurrected ten years later and he's just back evil. So like narratively, a lot of it doesn't make sense. But then you dive deeper into the lore, it's like, okay, well, Dracula didn't become a vampire by normal means. He was actually, if we go back to the first iteration of um, where he got his powers, I'm educating y'all on this. So uh, 1047 is Castlevania lament Events, and that's the technically first Castlevania in the timeline, or classic timeline. And uh, he was a, a tactician named Matthias Krongvis who basically what he did was he found something called the Ebony Stone. He had his best friend, Leon Belmont, Uh go and defeat Walter Bernhardt, who was the strongest, most powerful vampire of the time. And he stole his soul and became a vampire unnaturally. And that's how he got, you know, death is bound to him and such and such. And then um, the way the vampire killer, which is the the weapon of the Belmont clan, that's, you know, able to kill any supernatural or undead or unholy being. That's how that whole thing came about. I'm not going to dive into all the specifics. You want to go play the game or go look at the wiki like we got it up right here, which is basically for reference for us. So he's not a natural vampire. He comes back constantly, right? And you find out that his soul is tied to chaos, and chaos is the, um, you know how, like, there's God and there's the devil or Satan, right? Mm-hmm. So in the Castlevania series, there's, or classic series, there's God and there's chaos as the primordial evil entity. And his soul is bound to that. So even though, like I said, there's the contradictions of, and retcons or whatnot, even though He'll have points where he's like remorseful for what he's done because he's tied his soul to chaos. He comes back more evil than good, right? He's just evil in nature. He's the evil man made manifest. Until Ari of Sorrow, which was a Game Boy Advance game. Play it if you haven't, or go get the Castlevania Advance Collection, where Dracula is reincarnated as Soma Cruz. And that actually dives deeper into like more of it. it, It's really a deep dive. So (laughs) I lost where I was going with that, but I'm going to I'm going to tie it all back. There's so many contradictions in the classic series, which is why I say Lords of Shadows reboot is better. But with the Netflix show, you have them going beyond just having Dracula as the main bad guy. Because he gets his his villain, he you get his. Uh, I'm angry. I hate the world. Just leave me alone. At the beginning, mm-hmm. get his. I'm vengeful. Y'all took my wife and killed her, mm-hmm. which is f- what happened in the game. Mm-hmm. He he had his conquests against humanity, or primarily a region of Europe. Um, uh, was it Transylvania?
0: Yes, he, yes. You
2: know, he uh, Wallachia. He went after them, not the entire world. Whereas in Castlevania Three. He went after the entire world.
1: And he brought in other vampires from in, all over the world.
2: Not in the games, but in the, the show he does. Mm. But, you know, he he pulls all the vampires. He wants to wage a war against the world. Not all the vampires are for it. He, then he loses to Trevor Belmont, uh, Sifo Belnades, and his son Alucard. And then he goes on to reconcile with his son. And then he gets brought back and he gets a, I say, a fitting like redemption. He gets a second chance to be with his wife. Uh That's uh spoiling the first season or first show, I know. But context (laughs) matters. So where the fans are really divided is they wanted to have Dracula always be back. I don't think that makes sense because Castlevania when you look at the original game that came out, it was basically a mix mash of all the classic monsters. You had Bram Stoker's Dracula, you had Frankenstein, you had Medusa, you had the thing, Swamp Thing. You had all these different mythological uh, monsters. And so with the Netflix show, they're pale homage to that, mm-hmm. but also including stuff that you saw in the Lords of Shadows sub- reboot series where they acknowledge there are other gods. There is the Christian God, and then there's all these other gods.
1: Religions.
2: You know, religion, religious gods from different regions. That the show is like, how do we take that and do something with it? hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, Dracula is not back in Castlevania Nocturne is the main bad guy, but they pull I forgot how they pronounce her name. I think it's uh Elizabeth Bathory, which technically, she's from Castlevania Bloodlines, where she was Elizabeth Bartley, and she was the niece of Dracula who resurrected him
0: mm-hmm.
2: to basically, and this is how, Castlevania also, canonically, Brad Stoker's Dracula is canon
1: mm-hmm. to
2: Castlevania. Okay. So... Soul. World War I was started because of Elizabeth Barthly, uh, uh, Bathory, Bathory, who wanted to resurrect Dracula. So she started World War One because she needed enough chaos and death uh, to resurrect him. Same thing with World War II. Uh, In the sequel to Castlevania Bloodlines, which is Castlevania Portrait of Ruin, they did the same thing, but it was a different vampire. It was, um, I believe his name was Brodner. And he did it. He resurrected, but he sealed off the throne room. He took Dracula's castle, but he sealed Dracula off. And so when Death came up, Death's like Belmont, which the Morris clan is an offshoot of the blood the the Belmonts. So he's like, You didn't resurrect this castle. And then he's like, So who 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 brought it back? Which that's a reoccurring thing in the Castlevania thing. With death, he's like, Who brought the castle back? So, anyways, um, going back to the show, I know I'm I'm on my own little tangent. Basically. He's
1: excited. I'm
2: very excited.
1: He loves this series. He has a passion for it. I
2: do. I do. I do.
1: He did a reaction to the trailers. <laughs> I, I did and I broke it down. <laughs> analyzing, breaking it down. He's like, okay, are they going to bring back Dracula? Why would they bring back Dracula? They gave him kind of like closure in the other <laughs> show. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, like, so like in the a Netflix series, so Elizabeth Barthory, uh, Bathory is now Elizabeth Bathory. And so they pulled her from Bloodlines, put her 100 years. Well, actually, so she's supposed to be in the 19th. Um, Or in 1900s in Castlevania Bloodlines, but in Nocturne, the TV show, she's in 1797, which is when Castlevania Rondo of Blood, which starred Richter, is from. So she's the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that she is of the gods, Egyptian gods. And so I was like, yo, I love this direction because Dracula doesn't have to be the main bad guy. There's Mm -hmm. so many other beings but it also puts in perspective that Dracula was the necessary evil that kept all the other worst evils mm-hmm. away. With mm-hmm. him being gone, and we saw in the season three of the original show, there's a power vacuum, power uh, struggle vacuum, mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to be on top. Now that he's gone, now we have another one, mm-hmm. which is Elizabeth Bathory. And it's just... It was, it's, it, that show was so well done. I know a lot of people, when you go on Reddit, you see nothing but negativity towards Nocturne. It was too fast. Uh, how mm-hmm. dare they make a net Black? How dare, what does this have to do with racism, blah, blah, blah. If y'all idiots don't know anything about the French Revolution, it had a lot to do with slavery. And slavery, if the French Revolution had not happened, then slavery would not have ended across the world for Black, you know, Black people in general. So there is a lot of historical context. Even though Rondo Blood was not set in France, it was set in Wallachia, in Transylvania. The show is set in France. And I think they did well with it. Especially when Rondo Blood didn't... Okay, hot talk, <laughs> uh, hot take. A lot of these old games from the NES, Super Nintendo... Genesis and such, Mm -hmm. because of technical limitations, Mm -hmm. they did not have the capability of telling the most robust story. A lot of the Castlevania games is Dracula's back, Belmont shows up, Belmont kicks his ass, and that's it. And in the case of Rondo of Blood, you know, Richter shows up, Dracula's back, Dracula kidnaps his girlfriend, Annette, kidnaps uh, his... Depending on if you're playing Dracula X, you're playing Ronald Blood, his sister or his friend, Maria Renard, she gets kidnapped along with Tara, along with uh, uh, other characters. He gotta go rescue, rescue them, kill Dracula. That's it. There is literally no plot. They literally added so much depth to these characters. And the emotional weight. Yes, I'm excited. I'm loving it. I'm just like <laughs> brain dumping. The emotional like depth was just so good. I love the pace of the show. I love the voice acting. I love the animation. I love how layered, because you've got, if you liked Trevor, you'll like Richter. They're not the same.
1: No, they're very different from each other. They kind of have similar humor and such, but their backstories are very different in how they approach things.
2: Yes. So when you look at Trevor in the original Netflix video, he was already an established warrior from the Belmont clan. The Belmont clan was already banished because they were so powerful Mm -hmm. and the common folk feared Mm him. And so, but he was the last of his illustrious bloodline, which is a recurring statement in the Castlevania series. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was already established. He knew how to fight. And the people that he teamed up with already knew how to fight. Richter is not that experienced. No. But we see him grow in, into the legend of the Belmont clan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the plot, if you look at Classicvania, I know maybe. you look at Classicvania, Richter, un, bef, until Julius Belmont in 1999, Richter was the most powerful Belmont. There was no Belmont as powerful as Richter. Like literally, Richter was so powerful in, in Rondo of Blood and even Symphony of the Night. And the drama Nocturne and Moonlight. There's a drama CD that follows Symphony of the Night. And then there's another that follows the sequel to Symphony of the Night. So there's like four like four total things you get Richter in. Richter is supreme amongst all Belmonts, all amongst all vampire hunters. Amongst all fighters, warriors, amongst all supernatural. He is so powerful, nothing stands even remotely close to competing with him. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful Richter is. So you see him in the show becoming that bit by bit. And I love how they gave him the trauma. So I'm going to let you talk because I, I've i just brain dumped and y'all are probably sick of hearing me. But who is going to take over from here? Go ahead. Tell them how you feel.
1: So let's just kind of follow up with that about Richter and how we see his development. So spoilers for everyone. We started seeing Richter as a little kid at first and he witnesses his mom, his mom's death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I pointed out while we were watching that his mom was fighting a vampire. I don't want to butcher his name. Mikhail, say his name so you can butcher it for me.
2: Okay. In the games, it's called Orlocks, but in the series, is Old Rocks. He is a Native American vampire, which I thought was really cool.
1: And then... Richter, you know, because he's a Belmont, a lot of Belmonts, they have a lot of confidence, and he's thinking his mom's gonna, like, kick his butt, and he thinks he's powerful, too, because, you know, he's been training in, pew, pew,
0: pew,
1: pew. in magic, and in, you know, fighting, too. So his mom is fighting old rocks, and then she's having trouble. So he's thinking, oh, I'll help her with just the fire magic I know, because you could tell he only knew fire magic because that's all he used in Orax had his attention on him and mom is like oh no I need to protect my son and mind you before this she was trying to ship him off to France and
2: I think she would have won if Richter was there
1: right right and Richter thought she was just shipping him off you know to like make him go away and such but I think she was shipping him off To go to his aunt. So that he would have been a distraction. A liability. And that's what happened. And she ended up dying. And then later on. We see him older. And it turns out he can't use magic. The very magic he used. To try to help his mom. You know. So it's like oh he's got some trauma. Alright. But he is a phenomenal fighter. He can use his weapons really well. And We hear him literally say that he's been fighting vampires one vampire a month. Trevor would laugh at that. Right. (laughs) And as Mikhail said, Trevor's been fighting vampires and demons quite frequently. So he was a well-seasoned vampire hunter. And (laughs) and
2: drunkard, too.
1: Yeah, while Richter, he's like, yeah, I've been fighting them once a month. And, you know, all of a sudden I've been fighting like three a night. Like, what's going on, you dudes? And... I think it's really interesting how they've been explaining that vampires have been integrating themselves with the, what's that, the politics, integrating themselves with the aristocrats, the nobles, kings, queens. And it's sort of like, that's actually genius. If you're trying to kind of make a farm, trying to harvest humans for your. Food resource, you might as well manipulate the leaders, you know, to Mm -hmm. get your food source and like kind of stay hidden behind the scenes, kind of like those shadow kings. So I was like, ooh, this is what I thought was genius. And it made sense. And then later on in the story, they talk about how there's vampires who have slaves and. (laughs) They have plantations in the Caribbean. And it's like, whoa, okay, they're kind of all over the world. So this is where they start the world building. And then we have Tara and Maria. You know, those are what's her name, Sifas. Sifas family. The-
2: well, they're they are descendant descendant of the Bellnadas clan or the Speaker clan.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: which technically uh, Richter is descendant of Sifas. Yes. Sifas and Trevor. So that's how he's able to u- utilize magic. Um, but he is related to um t- uh, Tara and also to Maria because they're. Of this, they're distant cousins.
1: Very distant cousins. Like Richter even said, like, you know, my mom wanted me to send, send me to my aunt, and she's not even my aunt. She's like a very, very distant cousin. <laughs> it's like, that is so true. That's a very distant cousin. But anyways, Tara's actually from Russia, so it's like, whoa. And she ran away from Russia because there was like a big, bad vampire there that was just er- eradicating people. and yeah and she ended up in france right so there's a lot of world building and they're really building up who the big bad villain is and at first you just seem like silhouette and you're like who is it michelle and i kept guessing who it was especially after Tara was saying oh what's her name what's the name of the messiah because that was the name of That's what they were calling the villain, the Messiah, Mm -hmm. a devourer of light. And she was talking about how she was from Russia. And then we were thinking about the last Castlevania. And we're like, oh, is it one of the ladies, one of the female vampires from that nest, that coven, (laughs) the female dominating uh, vampires? And it turns out it wasn't them. No, it was like completely different. And then they started talking about world building in Egypt. I was like, what? what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. They, they really built up like, you know, and and they use the world stage. Like if you look at Netflix, Vania, the first one, it literally was region locked to like Wallachia or Wallachia or Valachia, however you want to pronounce it within that, that quadrant of Europe. Mm. This one went, you, you had vampires from America, from Europe, from the Caribbean, mm-hmm. from Egypt, from mm-hmm. Africa. You know, even, you know, I'm probably sure they're going to bring in more. So it, it's, they literally, it, for those who are saying like, oh, the pacing was fast. The pacing, if we want to say it was fast, it's because it expects you to have watched the first show.
1: Definitely, for sure.
2: Because it's going to make references to that.
1: Yeah. So,
2: like, if you didn't watch the first show, yeah, of course it's going to feel fast to you. But, you know, you got a lot of different things going on. A lot of different, uh, you know, like, incorporating real world stuff, like slavery and such. And they did it well, incorporating, saying that that had a big part with the vampires being involved in it as a way to cultivate Mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like that makes sense it does like and for the folks they're saying like oh it was woke it was preaching like that was a real thing not the vampires but like slavery and why people were doing it in different parts of the world like i said that ties into the french revolution which you know it, it it made a lot of sense for why it happened um but like It was really well done. Mm -hmm. You know, all the characters. Annette was a great character. I know people say, "Oh, she was annoying. She was awful." No, I thought she was.
1: Disagreed with that. She she was great.
2: Was she the same Annette from the original? No, she was a different character. But so was Isaac from the original Netflix. He was not the same Isaac from Curse of Darkness. It's okay. Okay, I know a lot of folks will say, "Oh, don't race swap." If you're going to race swap, create a new character. Yeah, but when... In certain cases, there's no issue, in my opinion. With, you know, taking some creative liberties, especially when you can strengthen the story. Mm -hmm. Right there... Yeah, we're not going to start off with this super powerful Belmont. He had to be built up to the legend that he becomes. You know, same thing with Maria. They took liberties of making Maria the daughter of Terra, which... They were not related in the original story, but it built it up with a much stronger, especially when you find out who Daddy was. (laughs) It was like it made everything more impactful
1: right right you know
2: and it's like every character's richter's story was good you got to see the psychological trauma of why he couldn't use magic what he had to overcome what were his psychological triggers Mm -hmm. which i felt was more character depth than what we got in the previous show which Mm -hmm. the biggest character development we had with anyone in the previous show was Alucard. Yeah. We saw him have to deal with being a loner, losing his mother, mm-hmm. losing his daddy, mm-hmm. then having to grieve, mm-hmm. having companionship with the two
1: the twins.
2: Uh, the twins from Japan, then killing them, yeah. then grieving. Yeah. Then you know, all the stuff, because there was a love triangle with him. And Saifa and Trevor. Kinda, yeah, kinda. yeah. Like there was, he got the most character development, and this one they gave Rick to character development. Maria, Annette, uh, Edward, Tara, Abbott. It lit like everybody. All, all rocks. Yeah. Every, like, all rocks stole the show every time he was on. <laughs> you know, and 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 another thing people say like they were for saying like you know. uh, gay characters and all that like come on now there are people you love who you love mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. There's always been gay people in real life there's nothing wrong with that gay people in history like stop acting like oh this is for it's not a force like it, they handled that so well not every gay person or lesbian or you know not everyone is flamboyant and out there right right and they handled it so tastefully would you have thought miss rock was gay no. No. But they handled it so well. And it's like, old oh, rocks, you never would have thought he was. But it goes with the whole, like, that was a thing in Native American culture. We have that in Hawaiian culture. We can call them mahu. Mm-hmm. You know, or in San Juan culture, fafafinge. Like, they handled it so tastefully that I'm like, I had no problem with it. So, yeah, I know, I'm on my tangent, but <laughs> everyone developed In eight episodes, chef's kiss. And I cannot wait for season two.
1: Yeah, so the reason why I was talking about the world building was because it felt like they were setting up for more seasons and more... Like, another title. Like, as Mikael was talking about, there are different titles within the Castlevania series with Dracula showing up at different time periods. Mm -hmm. It really felt like they were setting that up. And I felt like they did that very tastefully and at a nice pace because literally if i'm just saying it okay they had america they had france they had russia they had egypt they had africa that sounds like a lot but they did it at a nice pace and they explained everything with everyone's backstory so each character incorporated with each backstory and World building. So it was done at a really good pace because you're more invested with the character's story, but it was connected to the region, that country's culture. So I thought it was really good, especially with Annette. Oh, man. <clears throat> with the Caribbean and the slave with the sugar canes and such, and how she was... She was born a slave, but her ancestors weren't. So they kind of show that timeline and how it's different for each generation.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, addressing the part where people said, like, you know, they were saying, oh, you know, the white uh, colonists and all this other stuff. In context of the show, that's very true.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because Christianity was a religion that was forced on slaves they Mm -hmm. were forced to give up their religion their language to adopt christianity which christianity historically is not a white religion it is
1: (laughs) that's so true
2: it's an offshoot (laughs) of judaism and islam right so when she you know when her ancestors are saying like the white Christian god. They right? just said the
1: white man's god. The white man's
2: god. They're not wrong because you know, Caribbeans, you know, people of the Af- Africa's continent, the different countries, they have their own culture and gods and everything like that.
1: I want to add something Go to ahead. that. So there is like the vampire
2: cool.
1: that was the owner of annette what was his name oh, oh my gosh uh,
2: he was i will find it but keep going so
1: he was he kept telling annette no music no dancing which is connected to the culture so it's sort of like he was trying to erase all that and disconnect with them the and rock. Oh, okay. I will not be able to say that. <laughs> and it's like he was trying to chain them to him yeah. and his religion, his culture, kind of, kind of like brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why they said the white man's god because, you know, a lot of their singing, dancing, and such culture was connected to their religion. Uh-huh. So I. It made sense, because it's like, they're trying to make us be like them by erasing our own heritage, our culture, and yeah. I was like, that made sense to me. Here you go, Mikkel. And it was cool,
2: like, seeing that Annette herself was actually descended of... God.
1: Oh yeah, that was the other world building thing. Her father, her mother. This is why she can use magic because it's connected to the religion and the gods, and they a saying that everybody is a descendant of God. So it's like, oh my god, are they setting up for something?
2: Yeah, so like she's descended of uh Ugan, who is the god of war and iron. And this on her father's side. And on her mother, she is a descendant of uh, Arumila, or however you say it, uh, the god of intelligence and wisdom. And she has the capability. Like, if you've seen, I, I would say, like, if you've seen, like, um, um, Black Panther, kind of like how they did the whole thing, which I do feel like they lifted it straight from Black Panther. <laughs> like, how um, uh, T'Challa could, when he went to become king, he got to see the previous Kings and such is very similar to that.
0: Mm-hmm, but that's
2: mm-hmm. also something that is within the African culture. You know, like it is something that they incorporated, and I feel like they incorporated very tastefully about how different cultures are able to like incorporate or, or how they view their ancestors and such. So when people say, oh, it's woke, it was not woke. It's exposing you to something that you're not familiar with, and it's okay. I Mm -hmm. thought that was okay. I thought they did her very well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Same thing with, like, uh, Edward, like, showcasing that he was mulatto, which is a term I haven't heard since the South, which is what they refer to those of us who are mixed, you know, half Black or mixed Black with something else. You're called mulatto. And that's a term that was used in history and still in many cases, and especially in the South, um that's used. He's mulatto. He's mixed Black with something else. And his story arc was really, really good. He was not a slave, but in a way he was a slave as societally he was, you know, as an opera singer. And then you got to see how, you know, he got to work in, you know, with the vampires, the other slaves, the other slave traders, came mm-hmm. through, like, it was really well done with him. I mean, his story is also very tragic, yes. but- you know, if you watched the first series and you got to see the Devil Forge Masters, Hector and Isaac, that comes back in a way. And I don't want to spoil that, but it comes back and there's a twist to it because the beings that are created from Devil Forge Masting, uh, Devil Forgery or Forge Making, however you say it, uh, they were used from the bodies of the deceased. Mm-hmm. And they would be brought back as a monster. In this case, they were that was done, but because the process of devil forgery was not done the traditional way that Isaac and Hector would do it, right? They were given a sense of sentience and f- free will. Yeah. Which, if you go back to the original story from first Netflix Hector. Did that with the creatures he created, he gave them free will. Oh, he was doing devil forged, yeah, forgery from, a ch- from his childhood. Whereas, like, yeah, you're hearing out of the cat, he's using the toilet, and he's just, he's like, ha, ha, ha,
1: ha, ha. <laughs> yeah,
2: like he, he's got OCD about that, anyways. But, like, Hector gave his creatures that he devil forged free will, whereas Isaac did not.
0: Mm. um
2: so you kind of see a bit of that with the way that they were doing devil forgery these creatures retain some of their original human essence and i will leave it at that because that's again it's a layered plot
1: (laughs) yeah and i totally feel like that was setting up for future episodes
2: yes and for those of you who are wondering we are going to get a take On Symphony of the Night, I won't reveal what direction. It will be Symphony of the Night, but we're leading to a a big war.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Like, this villain, Elizabeth Bathory, is, I would say, a worse villain than Dracula.
1: For sure. She's literally god
2: <laughs> she, she is uh the she is an egyptian god she's and a vampire on top of
1: that can we talk about that because i was yeah. a little confused at one point because they were saying like okay, say her name again
2: Elizabeth bathory
1: Elizabeth. yeah Erzabeth. so when they were talking about Elizabeth, they were saying oh she drank the god i mean she drank the blood of the goddess sethmet or something like that can you uh correct that if i'm saying it wrong but they said that she drank the blood but then later on another vampire was saying she is that goddess and then in another scene Elizabeth is saying father sister and i was wondering like are you the goddess and then later on they show that she is and i was like why did they say that she drank the blood of the gods like what I what? I'm so confused. Can anyone clarify this on for me? Because if you can, let me know.
2: Uh yes. Um
1: It's almost like when she drank the blood, the goddess's essence was just living within her, that vessel. And then maybe like an eclipse or something triggers, and then she takes over the body and she's like, I am back. Yes. You know, yeah. that's the vibe I was getting. That's how I was interpreting it.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a blinking, you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. Because there's a duality. Right. There is Elizabeth Bathory, who is a vampire. Mm-hmm. Who is a countess. hmm But then there's the being that becomes a god, the devourer of light, mm-hmm. who is a god.
0: Yeah, she's They really are a god.
2: two separate yet the same character. Because if you look at it, Dracula would know who she is. She was not around for the original Netflix show or, mm-hmm. or that time which has been a 300 year time span. 312 years exactly. Um, she, she was not there for that. But the being that is the god is ancient. Uh-huh. Who's there from beginning times when the earth was formed. Uh-huh. So yeah, if you, this is a show you need to, uh, uh, what is this? Uh, segment That's the, the God or oh, goddess. So you need to pay attention when you're watching this. It's not something you just listen to. You need to watch. Like, I know every time, like something you would be like, did you see that? And I'm doing the same thing with you because it's <laughs> like, you have to pay attention there's more of a it shows and does not tell. Mhm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It alludes to but doesn't outright say. You have to pay attention when you're watching this show, which is hard when you have little ones. Um but yeah, pay attention to that because she there's a duality to her as a villain. And <laughs> I will say this for you, Vania fans who are from the game series. I believe we are going to see. I don't think she is the big bad. I honestly think Galamoth is the big bad, who was the big alternative, for, especially those of you who played Castlevania Judgment, which was a uh, time dystopia, like pulled all the heroes from different timelines to fight each Mm -hmm. other, the person who did that was Gallimoth, and he was trying to destroy Dracula. And if you really look in the background of the Castlevania series, Gallimoth was always trying to do that in general. He was the rival of Dracula. Dracula was a necessary evil that kept him away at bay. So I think, and the reason I say that is because Elizabeth Bathory, she has the capability when she becomes the goddess, uh, Sakma, she is able to stop time. That's right. And that is something only Gala Moth could do. So I think we're heading that direction. This game, this show incorporated, especially if you watched and paid attention to it, all the other Castlevanias happened from the game series. So Castlevania 3, which was the original Castlevania show, Curse of Darkness, which was a sequel to Castlevania 3, that happened mm-hmm. very differently, but it happened um all the others happen so this one directly tied legends which was non-canon but is canon to the show it tied that in it tied in um our uh harmony of dissonance that happened that actually directly plays into this so and if you look at the original timeline harmony of dissonance was seventeen forty eight. Rondo of Blood was seventeen ninety seven. Oh, there is a direct tie from Just to Richter. <laughs> There's a tie, and we're leading into Symphony of the Night, but because of the whole eclipse thing, we're also setting up aria of sorrow. So, there's a lot. Mm. If you know vania lore, it sets up a lot. If you are show only, you will not get all of the references. It will go over your head. And I do, I'm, I know a lot of people aren't gamers, so you may not want to dive into it. But look, at least look at the wiki. Familiarize yourself with it because if you enjoy the show, you will enjoy, I, I think, the game series. Because not only are they incorporating, like I said, Harmony of Dissonance, you know, they're doing this adaptation of Rondo of Blood or Chino Rondo. They're also doing Symphony of the Night, which is where this is heading towards. I also think we're going to get Circle of the Moon, which is kind of isn't canon. I think we're gonna get Legacy of Darkness incorporated with Cornell because lichens are a thing in this series.
1: Yes, they are.
2: Um, and that <laughs> Cornell was the lichen that destroyed Dracula in Legacy of Darkness. He was the most powerful of lichens that rivaled Dracula. Um
1: Oh yeah, and they were also like kind of world-building with like the devils and demons.
2: They were, yes. Oh. Which ties into uh Order of Ecclesia, which I think the Order of Ecclesia will happen. I think we'll we will get um uh I can't even think of her name right now, but I think we will get the girl who uses glyphs because there's so much that it references, and certain characters show up. Mm-hmm. I will leave it at that. But it's good that Dracula is not the big bad because there's so many directions you can go.
1: It's... Yes. Yeah. So, how many seasons do you think Casa de Nocturne will have? Four. Four. I think four is good too. I think it's enough. Yes. How How many episodes do you think each season will have?
2: I think first season was eight. I think every season after this should be twelve.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it should
2: Agreed. be 12 because I, I, if they're only going to be 25 minutes in length or 22 minutes technically for the episode not including the credits rolling i want 12 episodes okay um this was setting up a war and i think if the direction they're going to go And if they're going to incorporate Symphony of the Night, which is where they're directly heading towards, Mm -hmm. they do Circle of the Moon, they do Order of Ecclesia, they do Castlevania 64, Legacy of Darkness, and the like. I would like them to do four seasons. Maybe five. Because they're going to... There's a lot that they can cover if they're going to start utilizing additional gods. Yes. I would like them to have time to tell that story and this team that's writing it mm, they're doing so good with okay. characters. i don't care what y'all say y'all y'all can bring your pitchforks i like what they're doing
1: i know you're looking up in reddit All the feedback and such, and I feel like you wanted to address those in this episode, but maybe we can talk about that in another episode. Yeah, we can
2: do that. And and the main reason I even wanted to see the show was because all I saw was like negativity and the negativity was aimed at Annette being black and, the you know, the race swapping and they're like, oh, it was woke. I think a lot of you guys have lost the plot. I think a lot of people just want to be angry for the sake of being angry. Mm -hmm. And I think this internet culture, I know we're going off topic. We are in the
1: internet culture. We're in the social media culture. And it's like, it's at a
2: point where it's like people are just angry for the sake of being angry at everything. And it's tiring to look at.
1: It's like. Especially since you were so excited about Castlevania Nocturne and just seeing all that. And social media you were like i want to say you were disappointed and you just wanted to clarify it's like no it can't be that bad no 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 way and it
2: turned out it was was excellent i have no i literally have no qualms i don't think you have either any qualms about the show i think start to end it was fantastic i want to rewatch it
1: right it was that good like you were from the the gamer perspective someone who's been devoted to the castlevania game series and i'm someone who's new to the series has only dabbled in a couple titles here and there so we were like a good combination on assessing castlevania nocturne yeah. i think so
2: yeah I, you know I, I thought it was really good and i i really i i look forward to it i'm curious of how they're gonna tie in devil may cry because Adi Shankar, the showrunner for the original Netflix, Netflix Mania, as well as producer for this one, he's also doing Devil May Cry, which unfortunately, I don't believe our friend Ruben Langdon is voicing Dante. Mm. I am sad about that. However, I think they can, because they are talking about devils and demons, it can work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think they could also incorporate Show. Oh, oh. is very much demon or oriented. So they could be setting up a multiverse between Capcom and Konami, which I wouldn't be against at all. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> Adi Shankar back when he brought out Netflix Vania, he kept saying, like, no, this Netflix Vania and Devil May Cry are going to be connected. They are connected. And I could see Dante, they would have to time skip to modern times and Put it there, but Dante mm-hmm. could be because he is the son of a demon and a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could work. Although I personally would like them to be separate to a point.
1: I could see like maybe like cameos or maybe an episode where they kind of cross over but not too integrated. Yeah. Or they have references and you would have to have seen the Netflixvania one.
2: I mean, you could also incorporate... A lot of people don't know this about Tomb Raider, but Tomb Raider could be incorporated into it, too. And uh, for those of y'all, like, wait, there's no way Tomb Raider could be... Like, there's nothing supernatural. There is. If you've never played Tomb Raider, or if you only watched the first movie, uh, or any of the movies, then you really don't know anything about Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider has a lot of supernatural stuff in it. Mm-hmm. As does, like, Uncharted, because I think Uncharted is going to get a Netflix adaptation animated. You could tie... It could work. It doesn't have to. I would like these shows to stand on their own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they can reference each other.
1: I think when they reference each other, it would be like Easter eggs. Yes. For fans. And I think that would be like the minimum that's sufficient. You know what I mean? Yes. So Netflix, you're, as Mikael said, you're doing like banger after banger Banger after banger after (laughs) banger.
2: Like it's just good. It's really good, and I, you know, Netflix, y'all have got my attention. You've got me. I'm I'm back subscribed. (laughs) You got my twenty dollars. Please don't price hike it anymore. I missed it. (laughs) I feel like you no because they were already raising prices even when we had it at eight dollars. They were raising prices.
1: Yeah, they were, and that's why we kind of like stop doing netflix because we are like okay they're going to increase the price why would we stay with it if there's nothing we really want to watch on it it's like not like you know peacock or hulu where they have multiple networks or shows and every season there's like something new you know? Yeah. But if they have stuff like Castlevania and such, that's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about in this episode?
2: No. No, I think uh, we could follow up with another um, episode later on. I'd like to rewatch the first show and then rewatch this one mm-hmm. and dive back in and probably do a spoiler one. But I think because this is so new, I think we should just give people time and not really spoil it. Because, yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Yep. Leave it at that. Yeah, that's why I keep saying it's heading towards Symphony of the Night. And make of that what you will. If you don't know what Symphony of the Night is, okay, go look it up. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, what do you guys think of uh, Castlevania Nocturne? Are you one of those angry internet people? Like, oh, you know, it's woke and racism and all the other stuff. for do you're like, damn, that was a really good show? Yeah, I
1: like it. Yeah, let us know what you think think if you've been listening on either is it spotify all
2: the major podcasts <laughs> Just keep it simple.
1: sorry Mikkel usually talks about it and so
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I can close out so like if what let us know what you guys think of castlevania nocturne if you enjoyed it or if you were if you were angry about it like i mean say what you want we probably won't respond to that, but I mean say what you want, you know, what how you felt about it, or if you were really triggered about Annette being black, which I thought was actually very well done. But you know, if y'all want to be upset, whatever. Um, let us know what you think, either on any of the major podcasting outlets that we are. We have a show on Spotify, we have it on um Apple Podcasts. We have it on YouTube music now, which since Google Podcast is going away, Mm -hmm. thing. Which that's my problem with Google is they're never consistent with anything. Every time you get used to something, Google's like, yeah, let's pull the plug on it. They're just as bad as Microsoft. Anyways, um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all the other stuff, uh, Amazon Music, we're available there too, and on video format on Spotify as well as on YouTube. So YouTube.com/slash Layla Superfina, and um, other than that, yep. Yeah, if you enjoyed the show, let us know. If not. Hey, whatever. If you want to support the show, uh we do have a Patreon, we have channel memberships as well. We Get early and behind the scenes stuff. We got a lot of stuff coming up for this season of the of uh podcasts across worlds. We got voice actors coming on and a lot of things you guys are definitely gonna enjoy. So make sure you like it, listen to it, share it around, and uh yeah. Get some merch, too. I think we have merch as well.
1: Yes. And if you want to also connect with us on social media, you can find me at Superfino at cross, actually, across all social media platforms at Superfino.
2: Yep. And you can find me at Mikhail Casanova. At Mikhail Casanova. I across the board on all platforms i'm on everything from twitter slash x i am on blue sky which is not that active uh i'm on Hive. Hive is dead now that died very quickly yeah so i'm on everything yeah just find me <laughs> at Mikhail castell i'll probably respond or not i'm busy as a lot of things i do i have a lot of projects But yes, and uh, also congratulations are in order for Laila Superfina, the latest uh, Aver Media partner.
1: Yeah. Second
2: Hawaiian and Hawaii Aver Media partner ever. So uh, congratulations, Doug.
1: Thank you. And I guess I want to mention the charity for Laulima Maui, raising funds for those who are affected by the Maui wildfires. So check that out too. All donations will be for people who are affected by the wildfires on Maui.
2: Yep. Yeah. And uh, we do charity streams every single Sunday. So catch us over at twitch.tv slash as well as twitch.tv slash Hill And uh, if you feel it's in your heart to donate, it goes to a good cause, because, you know, uh, the people in Maui have lost, you know, there's so much, you know, people over 100 Plus people have lost their lives. You have people that are still missing. People have lost their livelihoods, their homes, culture, history. And uh, it is our kuleana or responsibility to. Uh, sorry about that. It's our kuleana, which is Hawaiian for responsibility to, you know, help our fellow Hawaiians and, and locals and everything. This is our home. So mm-hmm. it's on your heart to help. Anything helps. And um, yeah. Definitely. Thank you guys for your time.
1: So thank you for listening to Podcasts Across Worlds. Keep reading manga, keep watching anime, and keep listening to Podcasts Across Worlds. We'll see you on the next one. Ah,
2: Thank you for listening to Podcasts Across Worlds. This is a passion project that was created by Lehua Superfina and is co-hosted by myself, Mikhail Casanova. If you enjoyed this episode and any of the topics that we talk about or any of the guests and voice actors and various people we have on the show, then make sure you do us a solid by, if you're watching it on YouTube, which is on youtube.com lehua superfina, then make sure you like the video, share it around with someone you think would enjoy it, as well as leave a comment on what you think could be improved, or what you liked, what you didn't like, and all that in between. If you're listening to the show on any of the major podcasting outlets, such as Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the others, then make sure you leave a rating, leave a comment, interact with the polls that we put out and so much more. If you want to support the show, we do have Patreon as well as many other methods for supporting. And with that being said, we're signing out. We hope you enjoyed this and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Keep listening, keep watching and keep enjoying podcasts across worlds. We'll see you around.